Welcome to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with two authors of a new book, The Pride of a Lion, What the Animal Kingdom Can Teach Us About Survival, Fear, and Family, and it's a true animal survival story. We have Ron McGill, and he is the Miami Zoo ambassador, and he's also the communications director. And then Greg Cody, a Miami Herald sports columnist. So thank you for agreeing to share more information about this incredible book and a lion cub named Quasi. So, Ron, tell us how you got started with this project. Well, you know, working here at the zoo now for almost 44 years, I've been able to witness many, many incredible animal stories, Um, you know, from giraffes to hippos to rhinos. But this lion cub, he was the first lion cub ever born in the history of the zoo, uh, male lion cub. And, um, you know, I was there fortunate. I'm also a wildlife photographer, so I was photographing this whole thing when he was born. And, you know, it was such a big event, but he went through so many challenges. There were times we didn't even think he was going to survive. And then he met with other tragedies, you know, that we can get into later. But he he just was an incredible story that was basically our version of the Lion King. I mean, it was <laughs> it was the Lion King occurring here at the zoo. You know, his his father and his uncle they fought tremendously to be with the the females to finally uh, successfully have him be conceived, and then him being born as the only cub in the litter, and his mother not being able to properly produce enough milk for him, and coming up with you know, bacterial infections where he almost died on several occasions. And then the, you know, the ultimate tragedy of his mother suddenly dying um, and having him being an orphan and, and then being adopted by his aunt and being accepted into another. It was just so many hurdles and challenges. I mean, if I had written this and not observed it myself, people would say, well, you know, this is just fiction. This is just it's a, a Disney it's like movie, a Dis- right? <laughs> yeah, it's a Disney story, exactly. But, and, and if I had not been able to capture the images to substantiate all these incredible, you know, occurrences, people would not believe me. But I, I was able to capture the images, and, and I just said, I want to write about this story because it's a, it's a challenging, uplifting roller coaster of a story, but at the end of the day, I think it's, it's an inspiring story. Uh, the only problem is I'm not really a writer. Oh, <laughs> so Greg, Hugh Greg, <laughs> Did okay. you, you helped with the script of this, uh, this manuscript? You know, it's Ron's story all, all the way, and, and it's uh, Quasi's story all the way, but I sort of put it into words. You know, I did most of the writing, and um, and it was it was a wonderful story. You know, I'm a sports writer, uh, but I like to write about good stories, you know, uh, heartwarming stories, stories that will mean something to people, and this certainly is one. And so many people can relate to animals and love animals. You know, most of us have a dog or a cat. And, you know, to write about this lion's life, uh, it was something so different for me, a a challenge for me. You know, the only animals I write about are Miami Dolphins and Florida Panthers. And and to write about an actual lion was uh, was pretty darn interesting, pretty uh, great experience for me. Oh, that's great. I love, you only write about panthers and dolphins, but now you finally have a lion club to add to your repertoire. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Well, how long did this, uh, when was the cub born? How long has the story been been happening? The cub was born back oh. in 2016, I think is what it was. Um, so, you know, he was born a while ago, and I, and I came up with, you know, wanting to write a story about it 
you know, almost shortly afterwards, when I looked at all the images, I would, I actually did a, a TED talk kind of on the story. Um, and, I, you know, the response I got was like, yeah, you know, people saying, you need to put that in a book, you need to put it in a book. I just said, I'm just not a very good writer. Uh, and it wasn't until the publisher contacted me and said, you know, we can get you a ghostwriter. And I've been very fortunate to know Greg for many years. We met years ago. Um, and he has just got so much on his plate. So they said to me, well, you know, Greg, you work with him. You know, we work together on a Dan Lebertard podcast show. Uh, we've done so for years. They said, why don't you ask him? If he'll... I said, I'm not going to ask him to do that. He, can't, he doesn't have time to do that. And the publisher asked me, he said, well, do you mind if I ask him? I said, you can ask him, but I don't want him to feel obliged because the guys, you know, it was actually probably one of the biggest sports seasons in Miami history. I'll let, you, I'll let Greg talk about it, but let's just say he had a lot on his plate. Yeah, that, that's true. It, uh, we, Ron and I worked on this project, I would say, just about a year, a full year. And that year was by far the busiest sports year of my career, you know, from, from Inter-Miami signing Lionel Messi to, you know, Miami Hurricanes reaching the Final Four and uh, the, the Heat and the Panthers both made the finals of their league. Uh, so it was a lot to fit in, but, you know, Ron was so – Gracious was with his time that we got together several times in person and we did a lot of Zoom uh, interviews and conversations and and pretty soon the book just developed and, and you know, it, it crystallized in my mind that uh, it wasn't just a story about a lion, it was also the story about Ron's career because it's been very remarkable what he's accomplished. He's the modern day evangelist for the Wild Kingdom. And, you know, Ron probably demures from that title, but uh, I really think he is. And um, and certainly this story warms a lot of hearts. I, I, I think it's a feel-good story. I think it's a story a lot of people can relate to. And as Ron alluded to, it's also a story about adoption and the whole idea that we human beings don't <laughs> don't have a monopoly on feelings, on, on hurting, loving, uh, mourning. Uh, all stuff like that. So it's a. Uh, I think it helps people understand animals. I think I think this book maybe helps humans and understand uh, the animal kingdom a little bit more and appreciate them. Well, I know this book contains, of course, the story of Quasi. Uh, does it also feature kind of like a photo retrospective of him growing up and moving on? Yeah, there are some photographs in it. Uh, you know. I'll- Probably room for a lot more, but uh, I think there's something like 20, 30 photographs in there that tell the story. There's, you know, especially some of the key photographs, like the favorite, my favorite photograph I've ever taken in my life. I'm a Nikon ambassador. I've probably taken well over a million photographs, but my very favorite photograph is in the book. It's a moment that one is one of the most poignant moments uh, in this entire, um, you know, this entire story. Um, and I'll leave it to the reader to find it, but the, the, the photograph is there. It's not photoshopped, and I think when people see it, they read the story, they're going to be amazed at, um, at how animals do really care for each other. So, and do you keep tabs on Quasi? Absolutely. That's, that's the really neat part of this story. Quasi's no longer here at the zoo, but he moved just uh, about 90 miles north, and he's at Lion Country Safari, where he is now the head of his own pride and oh. has had his own cubs. So it's really a, a circle of life story that is incredibly uplifting, and uh, this cub that almost died on several occasions has turned into one of the most magnificent, beautiful lions you could ever imagine. Wow, that's amazing. I, I did. I was reading here that he did go to Lion Country Safari. So, but he's still technically, I guess, a part of the Miami Zoo forever. I would say. 
yeah, he's you know he's part of our history in the sense he's the first male cub ever born here, um, and he's the you know. He created a following that was just unbelievable. I mean, people would come, thousands of people come just to see him when he was born and he came out with his mom. And, you know, then the whole pride was out there. He he kind of kind of unified the community behind an animal. And it just shows the power of an animal without any intention at all, how powerful an animal can be in getting people to care. This is great. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back in just a minute and find out more about Zoo Miami, and also uh, Greg's stellar career as a sports columnist at the Miami Herald, and, and more about this whole feature that you guys have put together. So we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with Ron McGill and Greg Cody, and they are the authors of a new book, The Pride of a Lion, What the Animal Kingdom Can Teach Us About Survival, Fear, and Family. And Ron is at the Miami Zoo. He's kind of like the official zoo ambassador and the communications director, a 44-year stellar career. And Greg Cody is a sports columnist at the Miami Herald, and he helped to tell the story. Ron has the pictures and told the story, but Greg put it into words. And so, Ron, tell us how this, uh, this relates to your life, this story of the pride of a lion. Well, you know, for me, listen, I was born in a small apartment in New York City. Uh, Father was an immigrant from Cuba, had only a third grade education. Um, And I tell kids all the time, they're so lucky that they have this plethora of television programming now. You know, you have Animal Planet, National Geographic Channel, you have Discovery Networks. Back when I was a kid, for those of us that are old enough to remember, there was one show. It was on at 7.30 on Sunday night, right before the wonderful world of Disney. It was called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. (laughs) And that show had a host on the show named Jim Fowler. Jim Fowler, other than my father, was my hero. That was everything I wanted to be. I wanted to be Jim Fowler. I'd watch him on this little 12-inch black-and-white television set in our tiny little apartment in New York City. And I said, that's what I want to do. And I was fortunate that my parents always encouraged me. said, if that's what you want to do, you believe you can do it, keep your sights on it and go for it. Um, You know, fast forward, I, I got to meet Jim Fowler about 35, 36 years ago. Um, we became the best of friends. Um, I've never been starstruck, but when I first met him, I was over the moon. I couldn't believe I was meeting this guy that I watched as a six-year-old boy thinking, God, you know, and he was a big man. He was like six four, you know, very well-built man. He had this great, uh, you know, voice. He, I remember I, I knocked on his dressing room door when I went to meet him at a program that I was doing with him, and he answered the door. And he goes, you must be Ron. And I mean, it was like the <laughs> voice of God, you know. Um, and he just took me under his wing, and he taught me how to work around animals. But more, more importantly, the most important thing he taught me is how to respect animals. And he taught me that, you know, Ron, if you properly respect animals, you should never be in a, in a position to be afraid of them. Uh, unfortunately, today we see so much programming, you know, when animals attack, uh, river monsters, the world's deadliest. A lot of these shows sensationalize animals, and they give the wrong message. They scare people, especially kids, about wildlife. And, and Jim taught me how to do just the opposite. So now that I've gotten to do my own shows, I've hosted my own shows, and, uh, you know, I do a fair amount of stuff on television and the radio. Uh, you know, a lot of these kids come up to me and they go, I want to do what you do. How do I do what you do? And I just tell them, you know, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to be a good storyteller, and you've got to be able 
to understand animals and to make people love animals. There's that old saying that says, in the end, we protect what we love, we love what we understand, and we understand what we're taught. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've tried to do. And, and Greg has just done a really great job of kind of telling how I went through all the challenges to get to where I am today and hopefully inspire others who want to do that to be able to do the same. And Greg, you mentioned that you know, you've worked with Ron, but you've also, you mentioned he has a foundation. I don't know. Are you involved in this foundation as well? Uh, I am not. No, I'm a, an admirer of it and a supporter of it. But uh, it's it's Ron's operation all the way. And, and it's it's low overhead. Uh, the, the money raised doesn't go to clerical uh, administrative stuff. It goes right to the cause. And, and Ron, that's been such a success for you. I know you, you raised the seed money for it. Uh, and and uh, you've really made it work. Uh, how would you describe the foundation? Well, for me, i got to be honest with you. I appreciate it, Greg. You know, I didn't come to work at the zoo over 40 years ago to work for an attraction. On the contrary, as a matter of fact, I would never, ever support taking an animal out of the wild and putting it in captivity unless it was a last-ditch effort to save that individual animal's life or to save the species that it represents. Having said that, I, I believe that if the zoo is the last place that we can see any animal, then zoos have failed in what should be their number one priority, and that is to ensure that animals can live in the wild. So I set up an endowment here at the zoo that the money can only be spent to support conservation efforts in the wild or to support scholarships for people who've dedicated their career. There is a Ron McGill Conservation Scholarship at the University of Florida um, that's given annually to a, a graduate student doing work in conservation because we need to support that work. We need to ensure that these animals can live in the wild where they belong. Uh, and that's why I started the endowment. It's what I'm most proud of in my entire career. Um, you know, and Greg has been a huge supporter. The whole Dan Lebertard show has been a huge supporter. And people around the country have given money to this endowment uh, that basically gets invested. And each year I give away tens of thousands of dollars to conservation programs and to scholarships to support those programs. So it's, it's what I'm most proud of and really my purpose for, for actually working at the zoo. Well, that's wonderful. And you've here you've um, embraced the story of this lion cub. And, you know, I'm reading more reviews as I'm talking with you both on the on the radio right now, and it's just amazing, the story of him and how it could inspire children to understand conservation and how important animals are in our world. And this foundation is amazing. I mean, I know we have a lot of programs at UF, but um, I'm sure there's been some success stories from the people you've helped with these scholarships. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing I'm most proud of. I mean, the first the first scholarship awardee of the Ramagill Scholarship years ago is now a professor at the University of Florida who does incredible work in Central America, uh, Professor Hallett. I mean, he does incredible work out there uh, working to, to conserve wildlife. And, you know, that's the greatest reward one can have when you see that you support some money, you see the potential in what they can do, and then all of a sudden they're doing this incredible work in the wild and they're a professor at your alma mater. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And I have to say that many years ago, Jim Fowler was in our studio. It was during a pledge campaign. And he really was amazing. So I understand how you were inspired just by being in his presence. Absolutely. So, well, this is great. Well, The Pride of a Lion, What the Animal Kingdom Can Teach Us About Survival, Fear, and Family. This book is available. Uh, I saw it on Amazon. I'm assuming it might be available in other places. Sure, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, almost anywhere you can buy books. And, and the great thing about this book, and again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm fawning on Greg, it's the way it's written. It's one of the most easy reads you could ever have. It's not tremendously long. You know, it's a book that if you really dedicate yourself, you can get on a plane in Miami, and by the time you land in L.A., you can be done with it. But it's... <laughs> 
he, he writes it in such a wonderful conversational way. Um, this guy is an award-winning columnist who's done some incredible work. I've always loved his writing, and anyone who's read, read his columns will, will, will say the same. And he's taken that style and put it into this book. So it's not one of these, you know, zoological, scientific books. It's a book for every guy next door, every girl next door, and, um, and hopefully people will enjoy it that way because that's, that's what makes it so successful is the style in which Greg wrote it. Well, I think we'll have to check out Greg's columns as well. It's, it sounds like it's more than just a play-by-play of the animal kingdom. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I write, I, I don't write about games and scores. You know, I write about people and the human element of it. And, and to apply that uh, to a lion was a big challenge for me. But it was great because sports writers, uh, you know, are, are considered pretty low on the pecking order of, uh, of journalism, uh, unfairly sometimes. And this gave me a chance to uh, flex a little bit and, and write something a little more serious and totally different. So it was quite an experience. Loved it. So do you guys visit Quasi? We have. We did. We have. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That, that's, uh, the, 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 the final chapter of the book uh, was Ron and I visiting the lion at Lion Country Safari. And, you know, I, I use words very carefully. And, and the word awesome is an overused word. Uh, but to, to visit this lion that I've been writing about for the past year and see him up close was uh, an awe-inspiring experience for me. Well, I bet he gave you a pause up, too, right? <laughs> it was just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. I didn't get too close. I'm, I'm, I'm not an idiot. You know, it's a, it's a lion that could uh, uh, take care of me in about uh, a heartbeat if it chose to, but uh, he was in a good mood that day. Great. Well, Ron and Greg, this has been an inspiring story. Once again, the name of the book is The Pride of a Lion, What the Animal Kingdom Could Teach Us About Survival, Fear, and Family. Ron McGill and Greg Cody, thank you for taking time today to tell us about this. And uh, we definitely, I, I don't know, it's going to put this one on my Christmas list. I'm definitely going to get this one. I appreciate thank it. You. Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Thanks again, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. That was authors Ron McGill and Craig Cody discussing their new book, The Pride of a Lion, on today's episode of Tell Me About It. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go online at wuft.org slash tellmeaboutit or on the WUFT media app. I'm Sue Wagner on Tell Me About It on WUFT. WUFT.